Welcome to the club. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business because you're going to need leverage. Your talent is not enough. You need an audience. You need some reason to compel them to want to do business with you. And that's why we called it the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's what we teach here. Teach you how to be a better writer. Teach you how to be a better indie artist, a better marketing. So uh, the genius that came up with our acronym, the CLIMB, is my good friend and my co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with hits by... Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. He also helps songwriters turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, he's easy to find at songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound. And what else do they help you find? They help you find your audience. Find door number two. There we go. Not, <laughs> there we go. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating cash flow. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and we all know why there's no S, because there is no other Johnny D. What's up, my brother? <laughs> How you doing, man? Doing all right. Doing all right. Oh, we are plugging through another late night, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm, it's worth it. It's worth it. We're blessed. We keep getting more and more downloads. I'm stoked about that. Um, big shout out to our our brother in arms out in San Diego for including us on his list in songwriters, Mr. Kevin. And yes, thank um, you very much. Thank you, Kevin. And um, well, that said, guys, uh, we keep getting more and more downloads because you're sharing it. You, we're, we're happy that we're, you're finding value in this and you're telling other people about it. Uh, it makes you look cool, so you get the benefit of that, which is awesome. But it uh, makes us feel good, too, because it means we're, we're reaching somebody. Also, you know, take a second to reading uh, to, to put in a rating and review. That, that helps us be more legitimate to new people that are coming in because they're going to read those ratings and see whether or not this is, you know, for real or not, for, for, for mm-hmm. real. And uh, final thing, if you haven't done it already, go to Facebook, search the Climb community and ask to join. We got a nice little Facebook group. It's growing every single day and all kinds of marketing oriented. All my blog posts show up there. Brent's blog posts show mm-hmm. up there. We share a lot and we answer any questions we can answer. We're getting ready to, I mean, put up... Um, Here's a great part of the community is that one of the guys, we started talking about a, a get together, like a meetup. And yeah. I was like, yeah, we want to do this. And then we both just got slammed. And um, like, I just took on a new client. So I've been like up to my eyeballs in that and, and uh, intern changeovers. And you've been dealing with Freddie and everything. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. somebody's like, all right, well, these guys are busy. Let's just set it up for darn selves and we'll figure out when. I know. <laughs> when one of our together, great community love, members there. Which yeah, posted, uh, posted, you know, brought it back up. It was like, you know, a month ago when we posted that originally, it's way down the feed. Somebody found it and commented on it, like, I'm up for it. And some other people jumped on, so it's bumped back up to the top of the feed. And then somebody went in today and added a uh, 
well, um, a uh, survey. No, a survey. <laughs> Thank you. Me do words. And added a survey going, yes, I would, I'm in Nashville and I would go. I'm out of Nashville, but I would go. I would consider going. I would, you know, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I guess we're going to have to do this at some yeah, point. That's so, cool, man. So stay tuned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's right. Uh, but you know, it's funny. I got a text the other day from my buddy Jason Wilkes that uh, apparently he was listening to one of the new episodes that dropped, and he was like, "Man, one thing I like about it is you guys get to the point." Because I just listened to one that was like you know thirty minutes of dribble before they got to the content. So with that said, let's, let's get, get to the, the point. Content. Let's get to the content. <laughs> All right, let's get to the content. Jason. So and by the um, way, send me send me some song ideas. Yeah. All right, <laughs> help a brother out. What uh, what uh, what is our topic for today, oh, oh master? Uh, that's right. This is one of my episodes, so it's a songwriter-centric episode, but there's going to be some bleed over to Johnny's world as well. So this episode is, are you invisible invisible to publishers? Are you invisible to pu- publishers? Because you probably are. At least everyone starts off that way, and it's frustrating. And you know, most songwriters can't seem to get a music publisher's attention. They're simply invisible, or at least it feels that way. And maybe your songs are good. Maybe they're really good. That doesn't matter much if you're missing the other key things you need in order to get on a publisher's radar. They're going to put up before you go farther. I got to interrupt. I got to interrupt. We we got another review. I got to read another. Take a breath. This is a five star review. We're going to get right back to the content here. This is a five star review. It says, Great show. This is from Donahue Graham. And it says, this is a great show for anyone interested in songwriting or the music business in general. Music is just a hobby for me, but their go-getter business mindset is inspiring and applicable to me, even for my non-music related business. Definitely worth listening to. Well, that's cool. Awesome. Thank you, Donahue Graham. Yep. Getting to uh, hopefully help out on stuff that's not even music stuff. That's pretty cool. Finding value in in his his day job or his main gig. I guess you can't call it a day job if, you know. Music is just not if he, if he yeah. likes it. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part. I know I see that name, and I think I see it over at Freddie. I see it over in the Songwriter Pro Group and the Clown Community. So thank it's you. Clearly, for, uh, someone interested in being a uh, a student of the game at his hobby as well, which is cool. I know that's good. Just because it's a hobby doesn't mean you can't do it better and, and aspire to to do it the best you can. So that's awesome. Exactly. So um, all right, back to invisible and publishers. Right. How to get on the radar screen. Yep. So, okay, you see, publishers are surrounded by songs and songwriters like 24-7. They find them at writer's nights. They meet them at workshops. They often meet with new writers sent to them from their PROs, other publishers, and friends. Right. So, basically, they listen to songs and meet with songwriters all freaking day. All right. Publishers are drowning in songs and songwriters. And what are we doing? We're offering them a cup of water. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, how so do true. you get? I know it's sad. How do you get your? How do you get publishers to notice you and your songs? Right. That's the that's the million dollar question. And two things, and th- these are gonna make Johnny light up. Reach. <gasps> All and right. I like it. Frequency. That's right. Reach and frequency. Frequency. So yes, these are these are words you normally would hear in a Johnny episode. Uh, because you know that's kind of where it got on my radar. Oddly enough, is listening to Johnny and doing this podcast and talking about marketing and reach and frequency. I'm like, you know what? This is really true for songwriters trying to break into the business as well, not just for marketing and for an artist. It's true for songwriters. So, and I'm going to get to what each of them means. But before a publisher can even form an opinion of you as a songwriter, 
He or she must know you exist, and they'll never know you exist if you don't reach them. All right, and there are several ways to reach a publisher. You can ping them on social media with something kind or helpful, right? Don't be a taker, be a giver, mm-hmm. all right? So you can ping them on social. You might meet them at a workshop or an event such as Songwriting Pros Play for a Publisher event, which we'll talk about. Yes. Yes. Maybe they hear your name from another songwriter or see it on a lyric sheet as they listen to one of your songs. All right, they hear your name, you know, like, oh, Bill, see this uh, Johnny D guy, you know, again. They see it on a lyric sheet, they listen to it. Maybe they see you at a writer's night or they shake your hand at an industry function. Okay, so you've reached the publisher. You've gotten their attention for a second, a minute, three minutes, or even an hour. But you know what? It's not enough. Even if they like you, even if they like your songs, you walk out of that room and poof, like Kaiser Sose, you're <laughs> invisible. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, it's messed me up for a week. So, <laughs> They'll either have another meeting, and if you want to know what movie that is, go to the Climb community. We'll tell you. All right. so, oh, oh, look at that. So, all right, so you walk out of that room and poof, like Kaiser Sosa, you're invisible again. They'll have they'll have another meeting. The publisher will go to another writer's round, or they're going to hear another batch of good songs. Right? That's what they do all freaking day. Yeah. So you get their attention. Bam. All right. But on to the next. So what you need to complement that reach is frequency. Yeah, get your frequency on. All right, fly your frequency flag. And we're not right? talking about frequency like uh, like a sound wave or a light wave, no. megahertz and yeah. We're not what? talking like that. We're talking or about, like, un- multiple times. Or an underrated Jim Caviezel, Dennis Quaid movie. Jim by Caviezel. The way. Frequency. Check it out. It's good. <laughs> but anyway, you need. Your name, your face, and or your songs to reach that publisher again. Yeah. And again. And again. All right. You need to reach that publisher with enough frequency that they go from, uh, I'm sorry, have we met? To, uh, what's your name again? To, oh, yeah, you wrote that song about blah, blah, blah. To, hey, Johnny, man, good to see you again. How you been? That's right. You <clears throat> enough frequency and reach to go from one of those to the other. And, and you have to be patient. But don't be so patient that you only reach out to that publisher every other year, right? And you also have to be persistent. But don't be so persistent that you call them every other day, all right? So, you know, so what's the right frequency? Well, I can't tell you that. It's different. It's going to be different for each songwriter and different for each publisher. But I do know this. If your songs are really great or really horrible, it won't take nearly as long for the publisher to remember you and to form an opinion of you. All right. right. So if you're really, really bad, you should probably really focus on your craft before worrying too much about reach and frequency. That's right. But yeah. Can I? I want to step in here for a second. So yeah. So because this kind, of, I just had a conversation with one of my artists. Um, we're the, the, uh, trying to expand their brand locally. We got a record done with them. Mm-hmm. We're not going to release that record until January. Mm-hmm. And just because he's an independent artist in the way that when we got the masters, it, uh, you know, if you're after August, man, it's like, and I need a couple months to get it going. And, and the record that we did with the producer that we worked with, which is a big blessing happened like a little early in our sort of mm-hmm. journey on the, on the marketing. We need some more time to build up the stuff. And if we do it after 
August he's going to get traded Wait, out. Wait, so you're not just going to cut the record and just throw it out there? No, no. Actually, we put a lot oh, of look at that. attention in. Oh, wow. <laughs> you actually set it up. Okay, the, anyway. The point where we're waiting till January to put it out just because we're going to get past the Christmas rush and come out with its new artist with a much bigger audience, and it's just very, very planned out. In other words, don't... Don't try to kiss the girl until you've at least sweet-talked her and gotten to know her a little bit. Don't just walk up and try to stick your tongue down her throat. Exactly. You're setting it up. All right, here we go. So so here's the thing. Like This is the importance of the frequency, right? Because what we're trying to do is he's doing, like, I, I've, I've reached out to all the clubs and uh, all the uh, booking agencies that I can try to create relationships with and, and get them on the phone to talk about this artist. Like, he's he's mm-hmm. co-written on some of this record with some really, really big rock artists and a really big rock producer, Michael Wagner produces record. And so we can use that leverage to try to get him the opening slots on every like killer national act that comes through town from now until the end of the year. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're, so we've got text capture in the audience to try to, you know, be able to, to reach those audience members that come and see him. Okay. Mm -hmm. With content. But then we're also spending some money on radio advertising just for the shows. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to be every dollar that we spend is going to be to a degree matched by the club who's also going to try to promote the show. Right. He's opening up for winger. He's opening up for cracker. He's got, you know, some killer shows coming up. So, um, but I'm, I'm talking with the investors b- behind the artist and uh, just having to remind them, like, they're making decisions on the commercials for, and this is advertising for the show. And the whole idea is this, like, look, he's opening up for Winger. So we have his name going out in the marketplace in the same breath as Winger. Mm-hmm. Him, winger, winger, him, him, winger. You see how it starts to create his brand? This is the kind of kid that can hold his own with a mm-hmm. band like that, kind of artist that can do that and make it work. But in order for us to do that and grow that audience and get that artist's name out in front of new people using radio, we need frequency. And mm-hmm. investors were kind of coming at this from the angle of, um, hey, you know, we just want to do like, you know, three spots the day of the show. And mm-hmm. man, that's not worth it. Don't spend any money, you know, because that's not going to like be. And here's why. Because, and to your point, Brent, is the first time they hear that commercial is going to go in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm talking about the first time a person hears it, the second time the same person hears it, the third time the same person hears it, which is absolutely in no way correlated with the amount of spins. Right or the right. amount of times that the commercial has been advertised. So, mm-hmm. so uh, if you have three spots, everybody's probably going to, you know, a bunch of people might hear it once. Right. So yeah. we've we've got not enough frequency. It's going in one ear and out the other. If they take away anything, it'll be winger. That's right. Yeah. If they even catch that, even they even catch they, the winger if part. If they catch that, right. Yeah. And then the second time and the third time, it starts to rattle around in there a little bit when they hear it. But it's like the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth time. And, and really, for a hit song, kind of seven and eight times before your subconscious begins to perk up, like, wait, what is that? Like, I've heard that like a lot. And it creeps in. You don't even realize it, but this is how you accept ad information. And this is how you accept, this is how you digest a song when you first hear it. It's multiple times so that you have to be aware. You have to have self-awareness of what Brent's talking about with the mm-hmm. frequency and the frequency in relationships. So I have, a, I have a funny thing about that. I was listening to the Bobby Bones podcast Yeah, uh, when he had on uh, one of the writers of Body Like a Back Road for Sam Hunt. Yeah. Uh, Zach Crowell. 
Yeah. And he was talking about, it's like, you know, we played on the show. You know, Bobby Bones has a huge syndicated radio, country radio show. I think over and, 80 stations. Yeah, huge guy. And he's big into Arkansas, Woo Pig. But uh, anyway, he, you know, so he's a fan of Sam stuff. And they played Body Like a Back Road first time. He's like, you know what? I didn't love it. But I knew I was going to. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's like, I, he's built up that credibility with me. Like, ah, I'm going to love it. Don't right now, but I'm going to. You know what? That's such a good, like, you just reminded me of something. Like, okay, so I was like a, like a big, you know, obviously big 80s guy, 80s rock and everything like that. And there was more than a handful of bands that I just loved who came out with the next record, prepared to love it. Heard mm-hmm. it the first time, eh. Yeah. And then it grew on me. Yeah. Oh, Through we were talking about Kevin. Yeah, we were talking about Counting Crows uh, episode episode or two ago, and when Mr. Jones first came out when I was in college, I was like, who is this buffoon with the guys dancing around in his weird t-shirt, whatever, on MTV? I didn't get it. And then later, I was wearing that record out. Uh, Eric Church. Courtney Cox got it. (laughs) Yeah, she understood. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... uh, you know, and then uh, Eric Church, when his first record came out, it took me a while to get to really fall in love with that record. Yeah. I was like, oh, I get it. You know, and it was, I got who, kind of what his persona was early, because that was consistent throughout the songs, but it just took me a while to really, to, for it to dig into me. Yeah. And I'm a, not, you know, big Eric Church fan. So, yeah, it took that frequency. frequency. And he had to reach me first. The importance of frequency. Right. And expect, yep. and just from your wounded artist heart, like, because I've been on the other end of this as an artist. I know, Brent, you've been on the other end of it. Like, like the, the more you get into Prodom, as uh, one of those uh, right. five-star reviews said, the more you get into Prodom, the more you're aware of how it works in the sense that y- y- you know you're not going to get any love on the first or second. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
yeah. frequency the first time, the second time you're you're talking to somebody or introducing somebody. It takes a little while for them to get to know you. And so once you know that, you're trying to craft your plan, but you're not like hurt, you know, mm-hmm. that, oh, they didn't call me back. Like they don't, they don't know who I am and they don't love me. Yeah, right. that's right. They don't know who you are and they, yeah, don't, yeah. they don't love you. Right. <laughs> those those two things are exactly them. right, but we don't have to take it personally because they don't know who you are. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, and, sorry, I didn't mean to get you off track, but I was like. No, no, I think that's great. I mean, there's a lot of bleed over into marketing from this. And that that's the big thing is there there are several ways to get to a publisher. And there are many publishers in town. You know, so, oh, I played a show and maybe a publisher was there and they didn't come up and say anything. Or publisher passed on this first song and, oh, well, you know, oh, move it on to the next one. And you don't go back. No, you got to keep going back. I was, I did a, a Know the Row event with Chad Green recently. So we had, you know, a special event online. People got to come on, talk to him, ask him questions. We chatted for a little bit. And Chad's a great guy. And, you know, I asked him, what are some of the things that got you to sign your last couple of writers? What are some things? Oh, good that question. You? Yeah. And part of it was like, they kept coming back and they kept getting better and better and better, and their catalog just started getting deeper and better and better until finally I was like, "All right, let's go." They show they had that frequency. They just didn't show up with whatever they had at the time. They kept coming back, and they mm-hmm. kept improving. And so they weren't playing the same songs over and over and over again. So it's not that kind of frequency. Like if I just play my my best song for them enough times, that's not necessarily as a writer looking for a publisher the the best thing because you know what you better be writing new best songs right if you're not i remember going to the uh you know i used to go to the bluebird a lot more back before i was married and had a thousand kids and uh <laughs> you know i'd go to the bluebird i'd go to the commodore I'd go to the broken spoke you know, you know make the rounds and stuff i'm you know single and hanging out and just you know doing that thing and there's a guy there that uh you know this is like when i first moved to nashville and he'd, he'd play, you know, he made all that circuit, you know. Uh-huh. And it was, an, it was an amateur guy, wasn't a pro rider, didn't have any cuts or anything that I knew of. And I'd see him a couple times a year, just he'd happen to be where I was, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't, never really knew the guy, maybe he'd said hi to him a couple times. But over a period of like five years, right, you just kind of every once in a while, and you're like, oh, there's the, who shall remain nameless for the point of this podcast. I mean, five years later, he's playing like the same three songs. Yeah. yeah and on. so... I knew his set. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, he is still playing the same three songs. What has he been doing for the past five years? Surely those aren't still, like, it's really, it's not because the crowd just loves them because get some new songs. or a See new why crowd. a publisher might want a f- frequency for that reason there. So you don't get that guy. Yeah. Right. And you know, you, you keep coming back, keep getting better. So it's, it's good frequency. It's not the same song. You're just not going to beat them up into liking your song in that way. Yeah. You want to keep writing new stuff and show that you're working consistently, that you're, the level of your writing is getting better and better and better, as it should if you're taking it seriously. So there are different kinds of frequencies. So I want to kind of clarify that a little bit. But yeah, it's, you know, one day, I mean, it was interesting, um, Chris Oglesby, so buddy of mine, music publisher in town with BMG, and we were having this conversation. He's come and done a couple of the Play for Publisher events with me. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, those type of events are kind of the new open mic night for a lot of publishers. Where they go and they go to these workshops. It's a yeah. smaller group. You get to know them a little bit more. You hear their best stuff. 
it's a kind of a discovery mechanism. So he makes sure to do those on a kind of regular basis, kind of build it in as part of his discovery time. Sure. Try to find new talent. Uh, but it's also the open mic nights, it's, it's that kind of stuff. But really, it's like the the workshops. They figure, well, these people are serious about their craft. They're probably going to be a level up. And there, there's some of those workshops like yours, I mean, are curated to a degree, right? Like you get exactly. a batch of oh, like yeah. 200 songs and you're going to knock it down to like, 15 yeah. or 10. And and yeah. and so, it, 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 you know, he's getting some good, good stuff for that batch, right? Right, he's getting like, the best of the bunch. Yeah. And it's not just a cattle call, y'all come, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that's one way. And then you follow up with... You know, an email or a phone call, a thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to my song at the thing. And then maybe you see them at at some other industry function at, you know, Hot Dogs on Music Row or whatever. You see them at, hey, thank, hey, by the way, just want to get, uh, we met at the thing. It was online, but, you know, I want to appreciate you listening to my song, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks. You know, just leave it short and sweet, whatever chat. Then again, later they may see your name on a co-write. Wow. Oh, there's that Johnny D. Oh, wait, that's familiar. What's that? <laughs> you know, and you just find different ways or another writer comes and goes, man, I just had a good co-writer with this guy, Johnny D. It's good stuff. Oh, huh. Oh, what is going on here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, this guy keeps showing up. Yeah, and I like the song you guys wrote. Yeah. What's going on with him? What's the deal? You mm-hmm. eventually get them to ask about you. And so that's what it is. You got to reach them and then not just a one-time thing because they say, you know, you don't discover, you don't get discovered at the Bluebird, really. You get discovered in your fifth publisher meeting at that publisher, that's mm-hmm. with that same publisher. That's kind of when you really get discovered. Like, that's, you know, a certain level of discovery. But most people aren't going to do backflips in the middle of the Bluebird and run up and go, we got to sign you. That's right. Don't yeah. count on that. It's, they hear you here, they hear you there, you write with some people that they know, and your people like their people, their people like your people, and eventually you, you're in the building, you say hi when you're going through for a co-write, and they're like, hey, who's that guy? He's just familiar, and all this stuff. I mean, I know that there are writers in my community, and I'm not a, I mean, I self-publish, but I'm not a publisher looking to sign writers, but I'm getting more familiar with writers through Songwriting Pro, through Freddie. You know, you hear their songs, they, they come in, or like the Climb community, or the Songwriting Pro Facebook group, and they're they're commenting, they're just around, they're helpful, they're kind. You know, we do the, the opportunities where you day Tuesday or Feedback Friday where they can post some songs. I try to listen, especially if they've been vocal and they've been helpful in commenting and being a good community member. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about what their music sounds like. Yeah. And if it's good, I want to listen again. They're just reach and frequency. And so that's, you know, how I'm getting to know some of the writers in those communities and becoming aware of them. Like I said, I'm not a publisher looking for that stuff, but, you know, it's just an example of how this stuff works. You know, it's such a good networking exercise. I'd like, um, okay, so when I was in L.A., <clears throat> I was trying kind of to get out of the music industry, right? Like I kind of had enough of it. How'd that work out for you? And it did. Here I am. <laughs> Every time I get out, they keep pulling me back in. Exactly. But um, I had, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, but then I woke up one day and I had spent an incredible amount of discretionary income on a recording studio in my house. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I, that yeah, I was just like, like, I really felt like a drunken bitch, but it happened like over, you know, a couple of years, but I was just like, Oh my right. Lord, look at this. And, um, so I ended up getting married and my wife ha- has a best friend on, she was a, she a TV producer and ha- had a, 
a best friend that she met for the first time on a on a set. And this best friend went to USC. And so she had this whole group of friends out in LA that all these girls, they all went to USC. Mm-hmm. So all the guys, like, we got to go to this party. It's Shannon's party. Like, you got to go. I'm like, oh, you know, okay. It's a new friend for her. Like, I, I don't, you know, Shannon's great. She's wonderful. But, you know, I go to this party because th- these other chicks are there with their husbands. And I don't know them. And it's weird and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But you're like, hey, how you doing? You know, for the eyebrow raise and what's going on? And, you know, and then the second party. And then the third party. And then the fourth party. And, and by the, like, the fourth or fifth party found out like this guy like writes songs with this other dude who's like a drummer and this guy's like an incredible guitar player and a bass player and i Mm -hmm. kid you not i would use more colorful terms uh but uh we started a band like (laughs) it it came out of you know it came out of uh we started canagram for mongo like like they were actually kind of working on this project and this all happened from frequency right but like nobody Mm -hmm. was searching for anything like we just kind of socially happened they're like hey man do you got a recording studio in your house like yeah like do you do some mixing stuff yeah well we got this project we've been working on man we get together have a couple beers like yeah come on over you know so next thing you know i'm I'm recutting tracks i'm remixing the record and then we're getting placements and making a little bit of money and getting on some sitcoms and blah 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 but it all happened from just the frequency of being around those people like in a social situation Mm -hmm. that was uncomfortable for everybody because the girls were the clan we're like tag along for support you know yeah <laughs> I think exactly. if you have a significant other like you've been there you know but but um so i guess the point i wanted to bring up on this like if you ever get the opportunity to go to a uh, to a meeting with a friend even though it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with you go mm-hmm. meet some people you know yeah go to where publishers and- hang out go to go to whiskey jam go to you know some of the more prevalent writers nights and and hang mm-hmm. out and get to know people yeah, and I, I I hate those things. I mean, I love the music business. I love music, and yeah, I'm, I'm much more comfortable. You put me in a in a writer's room with one or two other people. I don't care if I met them before or not. I'm a lot more comfortable there than if you drop me, you know, waiting for the show to start in a room full of people like Twelfth and Porter or something. See, I'm, I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to everybody. What's oh, happening? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> one of the differences between me and you. I'm like, put me in a writer's room with two people, and we will bear ourselves, and we'll have laughs, and we'll. I'm working the room. Let's get another vodka. Let's talk about this. Let's drink about this. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's important to get out there and get to know people. And and like you and those guys, you connected on a personal level. Yeah. Before you found out that maybe we can help each other. Yeah. It was just like, let's just hang out and whatever. And you probably had a game on at some point and bonded over that. So if you can, I mean, that's, that's the goal right there. If you can connect with a publisher or whoever in the business, another writer on a personal level, that's going to mean a lot more than just connecting on a, just on a professional level, especially starting off. Yeah. Just cause then there's more of a, a, a real thing there. Cause they all day, they get people wanting stuff from them and yeah. can, wanting to connect with them because of their position, what chair they sit in. Right. So if you can, actually bond over something they're interested in. Of course, they love music. They wouldn't be in the business, but they listen to songs and stuff all day. If you connect with them over trout fishing, over the Packers, over politics, over whatever, on some sort of personal level, man, that's going to help you stand out from all those other writers and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be more of a real thing. And you'll find out maybe a little bit more if you actually hit it off. If you don't hit it off with the publisher, there's 
going to be a more limited value anyway. Because if you want to work with one, you want to work with one that you enjoy. So a little extra sidebar, I guess, on that. Yeah, well, you know what? Let's go one step down the rabbit hole again. Like, what about, like, we talk about adding value on our Facebook communities, you know, and Mm -hmm. and how to do that. What if you were to target, uh, this sounds horrible, but like you target a certain publisher, right? Like this guy, whatever his name is, he works for this company. I like this company. I want to. I want to see about exploring a relationship with them. And so mm-hmm. you, you find the guy's name. You, you find him on Facebook, right? And mm-hmm. you, and you can go through his Facebook feed and see what he likes and what he doesn't like. And right. what a great way to maybe create some frequency and add value without being creepy and just sort of, um, you know, message him like after you've had that first meeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, message him like some something funny, you know. Yeah, something clever that's like you know for me or something that happened with the Packers or I mean I have people do that to me all the time actually, mm-hmm. and because I, I do like you know a bunch of funny stuff on my on my personal Facebook mm-hmm. just for amusement and put out some snarky comments with some crazy pictures and sometimes I have people like put their best comment on or whatever. Yeah, but people mm-hmm. will te- message me because I do that. They'll message me like crazy pictures that they find. Mm-hmm. And if I like it and I think it's really good and it and it works in for like my sort of little brand or whatever, then mm-hmm. I'll put it up there and I'll give them a hat tip or something. But that's a way that they reach out and kind of connect with me mm-hmm. because it's and it's adding kind of value to what I'm doing. Like that's another good way that you could possibly, you know, sort of oh yeah get on when, a radar screen and make them laugh and do something f- funny for them and 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 not be imposing or be an ask hole. You know, exactly. Don't be an ask hole. So, yeah, when um, Lance Carpenter first started making trips to Nashville, uh, he somehow found me maybe through NSI or something. He reached out to me. Lance is from Ozark, Arkansas, and a big Razorback fan. And he played the Arkansas card on me. Hey, I'm coming in from, you know, Arkansas and making trips, Woo Pig, all this stuff. Can I I buy you, you know, a cup of coffee in the morning? Can I buy you breakfast? I just want to ask you some questions, just whatever. And at that point in my life, I had the bandwidth to do that, yeah. you know, pre-Baxter Brigade. So, you know, I was like, oh, you played the Arkansas card. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, and so we'll talk some hogs and we'll talk, you know, hog football and we'll talk music and stuff. And he was just cool. Just cool dude asking questions. He was humble. He was enthusiastic, wanting to learn, that sort of thing. And, yeah, we started connecting on a personal level, you know, to become friends. He heck, he's a heck of a nice guy. and. That worked well for him. I mean, he would he ended up moving here, and seriously, within like three months, I think he knew more people on Music Row than I did, and I lived here for like eight years at that point. It was well, we've discussed about your your your. <laughs> yes, we we've set that your up. disability with no. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, just stick me in a room with a notebook, but uh, you know, but yeah, he he connected on a personal level. He knew I was from Arkansas. He looked that up. He could lead yeah. with that. Yeah, kind of thing. And offer something of value that's that's sort of like social. So just I just thought of that like another kind of cool way to, to you know, for maybe somebody that goes on to your to your uh, play for publisher, right? And maybe mm-hmm. they get in the top ten, and maybe they get some FaceTime with that person. Well, here's a way to kind of try to deepen that relationship a little bit in a very non-prying or or um, sort of creepy way that would you know if you can make them laugh, if you can. You know, just to provide, just to shoot a little content to them, tag mm-hmm. them on something, uh, you know, and say, hey, man, I thought you might appreciate this, you know, Laffy yeah. emoticon or whatever kind of a thing. Um, right. 
and, and then they just start to see that every once in a while and, and then they mm. kind of remember and you never and, and a paper thank you letter Ooh. for their time. Big time. Taylor In Swift did that for everybody on her first radio tour. See, that's awesome. That stands out. Yeah. So that's just another way where you're giving, you're showing appreciation. It's very personable. It's like, well, you're not sticking a CD in there. It's like, thank you so much, publisher Joe, for listening to my song. I really, you know, here's some of the notes I got <laughs> or whatever. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, man. Hope to see you on the road. Boom. And that's just another way for them to see your name in a positive connotation. Yeah. And that's just one more little piece of the puzzle you're putting together. But uh, I know our time's going, so I, I want to go ahead and wrap this up. But uh, if, if you are ready to have a little bit of a, a little bit of reach, maybe a little bit more frequency, I have a cool event coming up. It's the Play for Publisher event. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, this time is coming up September 18th. It's a Monday night with publisher Dan Hodges from Dan Hodges Music. Uh, publishers are friend Jason Wilkes and plugs for guys like Mark Normore and, and other you know, other writers, and so he's a pro. He's been doing this a while. He's been connected in part of songs like Good Directions for Billy Currington and others. And uh, so he's going to be their guest. And so if you want to find out details on how you can be involved in the Play for Publisher event, go to giftfrombrent.com. Gift, G-I-F-T, from Brent, B-R-E-N-T. And what that'll do is you can download my free ebook, Think Like a Songwriting Pro, and then that will get you on the uh, Songwriting Pro Insiders email list. And that way I can send you information about, you know, you get the blogs and you get information about the Play for Publisher or whatever events coming up. Because I do these quarterly. So even if you're listening to this in the future, still go to Gift from Brent, download the book. And the next one we have coming up, you'll be able to hear about that. And we'll get all the, all the information you need about how to submit your song, deadlines, all that good stuff. So just go check it out. Killer opportunity to get your stuff out there and 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 get a litmus test on on how your craft is coming along, right? I know. I don't want to tell you all this stuff about you got to have reach and not provide an opportunity to, to reach out. There you go. <laughs> so there it just makes go. sense, right? It makes total sense, man. You got to reach out. Good luck with that. You on your own. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, listen. That brings it. Us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. If you liked what you heard and you found it valuable, then your friends will too. Share it with them. You'll be cool. They'll think you're cooler than you already are, which is awesome. That never hurts anybody. And uh, join the Climb community on Facebook if you want to get a little closer to us and meet some of the other people. we got a great community going there. With that, we'll say keep on climbing. We'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 